water. Hi and welcome back to Melting Potter. This is season 2, episode 5, in which we'll be discussing chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Whomping Willow. And uh, now I'm gonna let Bogdan uh, summarize the chapter. Hello. Okay. When a trip to school goes horribly wrong, the authorities are gratifyingly concerned with consequences, finally, but no one seems to be concerned with the safety of the kids. Murderous trees and other death traps casually sprung around the school grounds and all. <laughs> this yeah. is actually one of the things I wrote <laughs> down, that how is nobody concerned that Harry and Ron just are not there? Like, well, they started the feast, everybody's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, maybe it's a tactic to keep the other kids from panicking. Yeah, but like, Dumbledore is just... Well, they're casually having a good time. <laughs> it, it is actually explicitly written in the chapter that a historical tree is valued more highly also than the lives of students. By so. Snape, though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, by Snape, which should be taken with a grain of salt. And, like, he insists on the value of this tree. <laughs> I mean, the students are, what, 12? <laughs> How can that compare? <laughs> which I find interesting that Snape insists on the value of this tree, considering that we later find out the meaning the tree has for him as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I Why find, I find is Snape so concerned about the Whomping Willow? Maybe it's like in the Museum of Innocence by Orhan Pamuk. <laughs> you know, you, you tend to value every little thing which reminds you of a time, even if it was a terrible time, like when you got bullied by the <laughs> husband-to-be of your beloved. <laughs> yeah, and then you almost got killed by a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times. <laughs> I'm glad I remembered that. And I'm glad I have this tree to remind me of my memories when I almost got killed. No, he didn't almost get killed by a werewolf yet. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did? Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, he did it when he was young and James stay saved him. Yeah, he was... The whole, that whole oh, thing. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing yeah. I was thought that... it was the upcoming thing. No, no, no. No, no, the thing is that... Um, how do I put it? Like... Several... James was an ass. <laughs> Basically... <laughs> No, James was... No, James was an ass because no, they tricked was... him. <laughs> he was a stag. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but he was a Sirius guy. was hiding. Sirius was hiding, remember? Yes. Sirius was hiding to... No, no, Remus was hiding Remus, to transform yeah. into mm -hmm. a werewolf and the shrieking shack. To and continue it, which his werewolf was, period. Which was shrieking because there was a werewolf inside. <laughs> <laughs> get it? <laughs> get it? Did you get it? <laughs> and wink, uh, wink. Uh, one night, uh, Snape v being uh, the sneaky, sneaky type we have uh, come to know him as, tried to find Proof, out what's yeah. wrong with uh, Remus. What are they up to? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, James stopped him before he could uh, go and throw himself at the full-grown werewolf. <laughs> Sometimes. Mm -hmm. A growing werewolf, actually, because he was a teenager. <laughs> oh, a teenager werewolf. Imagine Ooh, the all problems. Is it, isn't a teen hunter. wolf a TV show or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs>
just like last time, we've prepared uh, some sort of short uh, POV summary. Uh, Miriam, would you do the honors this time? Yes, gladly. So, we're going to be trying to see things through Ron's perspective. And here we go. It's not enough that he's famous and my entire family seems to only have eyes for him, but now he has to also get me into trouble, too. I don't know yet why the platform didn't work for us, but I, w I won't let him go on this one. Bless Harry, he's my friend, but I'm willing to wager whole packs of every flavored beans that the trouble has something to do with him. Nothing like this happened before. And I also missed the opening of the school year ceremony and Ginny's sorting. Now I'm in trouble at school, I'm in trouble at home, my dad is in trouble at work, the car was wrecked and lost, my wand is broken, and if it weren't for Harry, I bet the most excitement I would have had would have been dodging the trolley lady in the train. It's true that his fame is probably the reason we won't be expelled, and it's also true that taking the car was my idea, but still, why does this stuff only happen when he's around? I'll be damned if this doesn't turn out to be something about him, as everything tends to be. <sighs> as if Harry being a Snape magnet wasn't enough. Sheesh, now we get murderous trees too. Bloody hell, what's next? Spiders? Uh, nice touch at the end. <laughs> uh, actually, <laughs> and, and, I, 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 and I really like the phrase "Snape magnet" <laughs> because a Snape magnet. he is a Snape magnet. Yeah, <laughs> and I think yeah. it's it, it's interesting that um, probably these are the things that Ron actually thinks. Yeah, because we we never get to to hear from his perspective. Yeah. Of course, who cares yeah. about him? They all care yes. about Harry. <laughs> That's why most people say that this, these books are from Harry's perspective. But this is so weird. Like, a lot of chapters don't even have Harry. But then it's the chapters either. that do have Harry are partly from the it's perspective of Harry. It's, it's not, not all of the books are from Harry's perspective. I mean, not every part of the book is from his perspective yeah. most of it is clearly i mean we get to see what harry sees usually yeah. but we also get to see other things like in the sixth book was it when we have the other minister that chapter yeah. with the yeah. no there's no harry there we, we just yeah. get yeah. to see another yeah there's no harry for the first two yeah for the first two chapters, chapters yeah. of that book so yeah it's like it's some kind of sort of honestly. Uh, yeah some sort of tweed pattern where the base is harry and all the other lines are the other characters <laughs> yeah i think we we kind of understand that this is something ron actually thinks uh in the fourth book i think that's that's when when most of ron's jealousy comes out and i i actually mm -hmm. see ron thinking exactly <laughs> what you're saying right I now mean, for the love of God, the Weasleys throw Harry a feast when yeah. they have to his leave. favorite food and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the Weasleys throwing a feast for the family when they have to leave for school. I mean, it happens every year. It has <laughs> happened ev literally every year for the past, I don't know, seven years or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. how old is uh, Charlie? Charlie. 
or Bill? I'm not 20 Who's, something. Charlie I guess. is the oldest, Char- Charlie, and he's yeah. 20 something. Yeah. So he's left Hogwarts. He's been at Hogwarts like 10 years ago. And yeah, this, I, right. I have a hard time feeling the Weasleys have had a feast every school start for the past and 10 years. I think years. it's just so tedious for everybody. And I, I actually wrote this down. This family would give me so much anxiety because <laughs> the whole preparation before they go and everybody's just Fighting. trying to exactly yeah. just uh, uh, and they they have to come back I don't know how many times because they forget things yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. the kind of person who's really stressed out about being very early somewhere when I yeah, travel same. and I would <laughs> die if I had to. actually I think I think part of the reason why I'm a very early person <laughs> is because I was raised in somewhat of this type of family mm. also he has red hair <laughs> spoiler it's not that red but it's reddish <laughs> it's reddish yeah but like my family was mostly like this when I was young and still now but uh, there are not so many of them right now as many but when I uh, was uh, like in school and we had these weekly gatherings where everybody in the family would show up for uh, lunch it would like take about an hour for everybody to sit down <laughs> it was like a constant fretting and yep. even now it happens whenever i get home oh let's do this and let's do this and let's do that and we have to do this and we have to do that bring that bring this bring that bring did this you bring that? Uh, did you did you get that did you get this oh come on take this and go there <laughs> what do you mean you can't eat anymore here take this also <laughs> this is something that kind of also happens when we, when we play D&D. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and I that, can tell that, that our yeah. dungeon master is constantly annoyed that yeah. we're just... She is so annoyed by our constant fussing that she has started to bring reading materials so she can read while we prepare. And we just when when you think that everybody's settled, uh, somebody has to do something or say something, and then we just yeah, yeah it's, it's all over again. But it it's a given when your party's eight people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never do a D and D campaign with eight people. Okay. <laughs> side note. <laughs> that was a very long <laughs> side note. Yeah. But okay. Good. Okay, so uh, let's. Uh, Talk about what each of us has had prepared for this chapter. And let's start with you, Andrea. Yes, I want to start with a brief mention. I thought it was very uh, smart how J.K. Rowling casually and just briefly mentions Ginny's diary here. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught sneaky, it, but it was sneaky. just... <laughs> yeah, the fact that she forgot it. And I was all of a sudden considering what if she hadn't... Mm-hmm. In fact, remembered. Oh, I forgot my diary, and we have to go back. Or what yeah. if Molly or Arthur would be like, in, you know, just get another one? We're not, <laughs> we're not yeah. going back again. <laughs> and you can borrow Ron's. <laughs> <laughs> what Ron if... will give you his hand-me-down diary. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, just think about the fact that the whole book would be completely yeah. changed and this is <laughs> maybe somebody would discover the diary at the borough and would start writing in it and the whole disaster would happen at the borough <laughs> yeah that would be interesting and this is in this <gasps> oh my god alternate universe fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's been done <laughs> we 
yeah, will look so. for it and talk about it next time. <laughs> and also, I'm thinking that Lucius, for the very sneaky and uh, uh, intelligent person that he believes himself to be, th- this was <laughs> such a weak plan. Yeah, like, it was a, so like, many so many things could go wrong. And I, I, I really appreciate the way you said he thinks himself to be because he's not. He's no, not. He's, he's not. definitely he's not. not, and he proves it several times throughout these books. And he just like panicked and just decided that the best way to get rid of this would be to put it into... But it wasn't just to get rid of this, it was also to plot Voldemort into having a chance to return, having a chance to open the Chamber of Secrets. And I think it was for several reasons that he chose Ginny for this. One is objective facts, the fact that whenever he thinks about the Weasleys, he just thinks about how poor and low-class they are. Mm -hmm. The Weasleys, in Lucius's view, are the white trash of the wizarding world, (laughs) basically. (laughs) So, uh, he, he, he relies on the fact that they are so poor that they couldn't afford to let go of, of an already bought and Mm-hmm. Paid okay. for school supply, so oh. there's sense, yeah. less chance for Ginny to ditch the diary someplace. That's a very good Weasley point. kids are taught to take care of their valuables mm-hmm. because we won't have money to replace it if you yeah, lose it. Sense. So, huh. this for one, uh, for two, it's like he just thinks they're so stupid and impressionable that they are more likely to succumb to the evil influences of the diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that's... that's, that's if, uh, if the Weasleys are so poor and they constantly use uh, hand-me-down stuff, they're gonna use the diary at some point. Someone is. It's some sort of way. Yeah, exactly. And he realized that the diary being on the fact that the diary being a magical artifact, even if it gets lost, you know, it, it won't just end up in the trash bin. Yeah. I mean, even if it does, like, someone throws it in water or whatever, it's not gonna get damaged, it's a magical object. Yeah, somewhere, some, somebody else would, Somehow, yeah. yes, it will... It's that's like what the I mean, ring, that's what basically. I mean, that's, that the, the plan is just... Yeah. So many things could have happened. I mean, let's say that, as you said, she would throw it away or she would have lost it or something and somebody else would find it then if if uh, anybody else who wasn't at the, the point was it was was for the diary to be at hogwarts yeah because if yes. somebody some, ra- some random anymore. some random person in another part like of the muggle. country a muggle or not necessarily a muggle just some other person in a different corner of the mm. country or something. Well, then the diary would find out who they are through dialogue, as we've seen it do, and ask that person to take it to Hogwarts, I'm pretty sure. The the diary is like the ring from oh, Lord of like, the Rings. Oh, uh, it's like know? Uh, possess it that person to... Not yeah. possess, persuade. Mm. It can be very convincing. Like, <laughs> hey, what's your name? Oh, I mean, Harry Ginny Potter, was how interesting. Let she me show not, you something. <laughs> she was yeah, possessed. Ginny, Ginny yeah, eventually, yes. Yeah. yes. And it, just like the ring in Lord of the Rings, it wants to get back <laughs> to its master, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I have a feeling uh, J.K. Rowling truly drew inspiration from oh, yeah, objects obviously. like yeah. the ring. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, the first one observation I had was that uh, Molly seems to be very dismissed by Arthur. In with the, the scene, car thing? With the car thing. I know. Where, where they're trying to uh, get to King's Cross and Arthur is constantly trying to deceive Molly mm -hmm. into thinking that the, the car actually is uh, that big and it's not bewitched or yep, something. Yep. Whereas Molly is probably smart enough to know, but not doesn't want to question it right now because they have to get somewhere fast. But they insist on this, and this, this really annoys me, because they insist on how she's like, oh, uh, I mean, if she were to not to believe Arthur, maybe she wouldn't have said anything, but they insist on the fact that she says things like, oh, who, who uh, knew the muggles were so smart and that they managed to... And I it's like she believes it. I have a feeling she's either sarcastic. <laughs> she's I hope so. A sarcastic or B, she knows about the enchant enchantments to the car, but she doesn't realize that the one that there's there's also one in the interior. Like she does, she probably knows about the enchantment in the trunk. I mean, come I on. I think so too. Yeah. Anybody, just... anybody would have a brain could figure out that the trunk exactly. was enchanted. But to also be larger and uh, be able to contain yeah. all those trunks. It's all the inside of the car is also like who who would believe that that the car would be so roomy on because they they're like four or five people yeah. in the back and then her and Ginny are in the front on like a bench like who has yeah. a bench inside of yeah. a car? Yeah. I think it's uh, she can obviously detect enchantments I'm sure of it. It's probably just the usual work of women within or without the wizarding world, you know, catering to fragile male egos. <laughs> like, yeah. sure, honey, I believe you, you didn't do any enchantments on the car. I don't wink, remember wink. how they explained this in the, <laughs> in the movies. Because I they don't... I don't think they did. I, 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 I think I, they, I just... might, they might have just skipped yeah, this yeah. part. Probably. Yeah, they skipped it because in the movies. Because the car is normal in the movies like yeah, on the inside yeah, it's, it's, nice. it's like a basic Ford Anglia yeah I also had a few notes uh, about the whole platform thingy <laughs> first of all I think <laughs> it's a bit irresponsible of the adults <laughs> and especially Molly because she's the last to to cross the the, the platform between uh, before uh, Ron and Harry isn't it a bit irresponsible of them to be like I'm just gonna go ahead, and, and you, you guys along. can. Yeah. And you guys yeah. can just. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you just allow all of your kids to pass through it, and then you? As she does the previous year. Yeah, and you then you do it. Well, hurry. maybe. Maybe it's just a panic mode. Maybe she trusts Harry enough to be <laughs> able to put Ron through a wall, and also maybe she wants to be the one to go with Ginny. Yeah, she, yeah, but she could have done that after, after. they passed yeah. through the... Yeah, but they were in a hurry, and it would have been worse if Ginny missed the sorting <laughs> ceremony. Also, let's. I, I, I'm not sure, and I'm very curious if this is ever explained anywhere, maybe on Pottermore, how the, the return from the platform works. Do you return the same way, like you pass through that thing? Or, because I'm, I'm thinking that if... If it would, if the case is that you just pass back through the wall, then 
the moment you you notice that the train is leaving, you would be like, hey, where's my other kid and his yeah. friend? Yeah. Should I, like, maybe go back and... Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have gone back instantly, but I have a feeling that Dobby also prevented them from going back. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. That that moment, for a while. For, for a while, because mm-hmm. it would be absolutely normal for a lot of people to also exit that platform at the same time. But maybe... Maybe there's, a, there's another exit, I'm thinking. I, I think so, so people don't bump into exit. each other. Yeah. Yeah. All be, people don't bump into each other, and also, like, if a lot of people were growing in and out of a wall, it would be kind of suspicious. <laughs> it's already so suspicious. I mean, I'm sorry, but how is this a thing that happens in front of muggles, uh, well, people going to... It's an enchantment. enchantment yeah, not to notice shit. In... Like, remember Grimold Place, how they move people with their entire buildings? Homes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they just watch TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though the and windows it's... are trembling and no one notices anything. Yeah. It's magic, mate. It's magic. So it, basically everything can be explained by, it's magic. It's of magic. Course. It's magic. <laughs> Don't it's question it. the whole point of the series. <laughs> and then... Uh, related to the same thing, I I had a, I had a small rant in my notes uh, about Ron and his decision to, to to drive the flying car to Hogwarts. Yeah. Because why is he so concerned that his parents won't come back? Because uh, if the train uh, had already left, what other thing is there? for them to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. the train has left, so clearly they're gonna come back. And they should have just waited by the car. As Harry suggested. As Harry suggested. And I'm also blaming Harry a bit because he's so easy to convince because he's like, maybe we should wait here. And Ron's like, oh no, I can fly this thing. And then the next paragraph is like, Harry got suddenly excited. (laughs) 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 Completely forgot. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't understand why his first thought is to just, oh, let's fly this car to Hogwarts. Long in the pretext. (laughs) A a series of unfortunate decision making. (laughs) Like, uh, even after they get to Hogwarts, which where they land very badly, even though they thought they would land swiftly and perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) They get to Hogwarts and they sneak about and look over the window like I would be more concerned with actually getting inside and sitting down maybe you're so afraid of the consequences that you don't want to but how are they supposed to know the consequences at this point I think it's the other way around and we'll we'll discuss this uh, next maybe (laughs) but uh, I think it's the other way around because at this point in the second book I think they're already used to the fact that they can get away with things and Ron because he's a friend of Harry's and he's constantly with Harry he kind of assumes the same thing and maybe that's why that's why they're oh we let's just we, chill let's by just, the way yeah let's just do this because I, I think this is the a problem of uh, of privilege and the fact that they get used to preferential treatment mm. and at some point they just they just already know that they're not going to get in the same amount of trouble as... Yeah, yeah as but it's not exactly that they're chilled. I mean, 
they're they're fretting outside the window. They're like too embarrassed to enter. It's more like that. I would doubt that they're too embarrassed to enter. They're, they're, they, they're just dissing Snake at some point. I mean, I don't think they're too embarrassed. They're yeah. just talking shit about Snape, <laughs> basically. I just think that they were, like, caught in the moment and wanted to see what was going on, but for some reason didn't think to go in. While, I mean, they sit in front of that window for quite a long time. Yeah, they see the sorting. Part of the yeah. sorting, yeah. yeah. I think it's just, I mean, obviously they're also kids and get easily excited about things, but it's also the fact that uh, they both have quite an adventurous spirit, and we'll see that That's throughout true. the yeah. books. Yeah. And I think they're more likely to to decide to take these spontaneous decisions and to decide to do things like this uh, than some other characters like Hermione obviously but other characters as well i mean you you can tell that they're more adventurous and, yeah exactly they like to sociopathic <laughs> yeah <laughs> what it's a common sociopathic trait <laughs> yeah also why don't we talk a bit about how Snape is casually saying that he finds expelling students to be a, quote, happy power. Well, <laughs> Does he say that? Course. Yeah, he says happy power. Uh, that, unfortunately, that happy power doesn't rest with me. Happy power. Okay. Happy yeah. power. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, you know, uh, likely for a kid who was bullied to end up longing for the power to hurt people back and to revel and abuse it when they have it. But why, I mean, how many times has Snape expelled students from his own house? Well, he hasn't, because he doesn't he... have that happy power. And also because <laughs> no, he, from... has, he has the power to expel students from, from his, his own oh, house. Oh, but he wouldn't, because he, he unjustly he... favors Yeah, them. yeah, I don't think he would. Yeah. Unless he, they, he favors they... even... I mean, you understand why he favors Malfoy, but he also favors, like, Crab and Goyle and... You even know. the lowliest Slytherin, as long as they're Slytherin-ish enough. Yeah. Maybe this know. is, like, a flaw in Snape's act. No, I because think Because it's, it's also an act. This, mm. whole, this whole charade it, with it, him it, being partially that evil. It's also an act. And I was thinking a few a few days ago that maybe Snape, uh, the rumor about Snape wanting the dark arts position, was spread intentionally by Dumbledore and Snape. Hmm. Because think about it. If if Snape has the po potions position and nobody knows that he wants the potions position mm -hmm. and everybody thinks that he wants the dark arts position and right after the dark lord's return snape is being promoted by dumbledore to the position that everybody knows mm -hmm. is snape's favorite position that he wanted for many years that would tell voldemort that he, dumbledore, trusts, dumbledore trusts snape Yes, it and also sense. it will contribute to Snape's 
not quite trustworthy aura, you know, he's interested in the dark arts. Mm -hmm. And that would also help him claim in a more believable manner that, hey, Dark Lord, I've actually been your faithful servant all along. You know, everyone knows I'm dubious. Just ask around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've tried to fit in, but not quite, not completely. Because I can't, because is... I'm dark. Boo-hoo. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, this really makes sense, because if, it, if you think about it, the whole argument of why Dumbledore wouldn't just give him the position was that he, he didn't trust, because he knows that he's a fan of the dark arts, he didn't trust him. But mm -hmm. we clearly know that Dumbledore trusts him, so that's yeah. clearly not the reason why. Oh, also and also, uh, well, he has other reasons for choosing other yeah. teachers up to Snape, up to the year when Snape gets the position. Because he nice. thinks that Lupin would be, you know, a good influence on Harry because he was a friend with Harry's dad and maybe Harry longs for that kind of connection to mm. his roots. And what hey, even though this Gilderoy is... Gilderoy and Quirrell. And Gilderoy was intentionally courted by Dumbledore to come in order for Harry to have the opportunity to get close to him and find out his secret. No, uh, Quirrell. Oh, no, the, yeah, uh, Slughorn, sorry. Uh, Slughorn is a professor for potions. Yeah, he's not a he's dark not arts. He's not a dark arts professor. <laughs> it's funny how we say dark arts when it's actually defense <laughs> against <laughs> the dark arts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my bad with the Slughorn. But, yeah. This this is very, yeah. I think this, got me, this got me thinking what you said about it. This is but very possibly it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has and other also reasons. Dumbledore, Dumbledore. Th this facade that Dumbledore puts up is also very useful in his relationship to the Ministry. Because, think about it. Dumbledore is hiring someone who has been suspected and possibly trialed as a Death Eater. Mm. Yes. So... Dumbledore is clearly at odds with the Ministry on that matter, and, and I so would, many others. <laughs> and I would suspect this is also a ploy to keep the Ministry at bay and keep the Ministry from interfering at Hogwarts. Mm -hmm, too much, yes. Yeah, like oh, I'm gonna put Snape in the potions class mm -hmm. because everybody hates potions. Like, look, I'm not giving him what he wants. Yeah, yeah. But regarding what you said earlier, that uh, Snape. Uh, saying that uh, he wishes he had the happy power of expelling students from other houses being an act. I don't think it's an act. I mm. genuinely believe that as part of the typical psychology of someone who was bullied, he, especially the way he is portrayed of, as someone who didn't really grow from this experience too much, he will gloat every time something bad <laughs> happens to to students from other houses, especially Gryffindor. Hmm, okay. He will gloat. And if it and it we is know within he, and his we power know he's to... A, yeah. we, we know he's a bully and... We yeah, know he's, he's, he's a vengeful bully. Yeah. yeah, he's a vengeful teenage bully, literally. Even he hasn't his, evolved. Even yes. in this chapter, we see him giddy with excitement when Dumbledore shows up. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, you're oh, gonna get expelled. Yeah, things I mean, are going down. <laughs> Busted. Mr. Potter. Yeah, I mean, he, he does want to protect Harry as Lily's child, but if he can shame and, you know, disfigure the entire Gryffindor house as the house of James, then 
He will gladly do it. He doesn't want Harry to die, but maybe just just be just just be slightly injured. I I want. I promised Dumbledore I'd protect Harry. And they do, but seriously now, isn't isn't the best form of protection being surrounded by muggles and expelled and humiliated (laughs) to get that smug smile off his face? Nobody would. Think twice about going to Harry Potter if he wasn't even in the wizarding world and he was surrounded by muggles. F- fair point, though. <laughs> yeah. And since we're discussing this, we should also uh, talk a little bit about how the adults manage this whole thing. Because oh, I have a good point. Uh, I think it's very interesting, first of all, that we see three ways of handling yeah. things. We see Snape. Be- I mean, of course, he's not being... Uh, Correct here, and he's not being. He's being Snape. He's being Snape, yeah. <laughs> but he's the way he is. He clearly wants them to be expelled. Then we see Dumbledore, who is just pri- his priceless face of I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. and, like, he's, yeah. he's amazing. Harry, Harry couldn't look him in the eyes, and instead started talking to his his, knees I think this is so Dumbledore just not saying anything but making you feel guilty because you know and then we see McGonagall who has the most and I think has the most like the healthiest approach to all of this the most level headed approach exactly because she's first of all very sassy I just love her when she says well you clearly weren't thinking (laughs) 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 but she also you know She's like, yeah, you're gonna get detention because you have to be punished in some Somehow. way. Yeah, but, but then also... you also have to eat. So here are some sandwiches. Exactly. Like, <laughs> this is why we and love the pragmatic. Yeah. This is why we love McGonagall so much, I guess, because <laughs> she's very considerate of actually taking care of the two and like sending Ron to the uh, infirmary and mm-hmm. <laughs> after getting mauled by a tree. <laughs> yeah. You would think somebody would send the kids to Madame Pop. Free, but no, everybody just. Uh. But Madame Pomfrey is busy attending to the tree, probably at this point. You injured the historical tree that's been on this ground for <laughs> since before you were born. Yes. <laughs> Look at what your car did to poor Whomping Willow. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, way. and uh, broke a few twigs. <laughs> what What do you think about uh, their? decision do you think this is fair do you think if it oh, wasn't about no. about harry potter they would they would have expelled they would have expelled absolutely any other student except harry potter and and, his adjacent, and, and association. ron is just the luckiest <laughs> yeah i think backing on I harry's think the, fame. the the liquid luck that he is supposed to have taken is working in in the past as well, because any other kid in Ron's position right now would have been expelled. Well, if they would expel him, it would be too obvious that they're favoring Harry. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, clearly they can't expel yeah. only one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I but think it's... so too, they're, that they're being too lenient. But on the same time, I am. I also can't conceive, like really conceive of the notion that a school would let a murderous tree around, unguarded. This like, is Hogwarts we're talking yeah. about. At least no, put a magical barrier around wait, it or the something. Well, well, the murderous tree is the guard. That's yeah, the exactly. whole point. 
it yeah, guards but, that and then, but what if someone gets killed it's a market yeah but it's not going to attack you if you don't yeah. like go it's yes but kids will be kids it's supposed they will to stumble first there. of all it was supposed to guard the school from Remus Lupin turning into a werewolf yeah <laughs> And second of all, it's also useful at guarding the school against whatever roams in the Forbidden Forest. So it has a purpose there. It has a purpose, yeah. And huh. it's also a very valuable tree that's been on these grounds. <laughs> but, but, I mean, considering the fact that uh, at the beginning of each school year, Dumbledore says some things like, be careful not to do this and this, or yeah. whatever. I mean, at least... If this exists, and I don't have a problem with this existing and being on the ground, they should at least be warned. They had no idea that this existed. Yeah, no, they they should have been told that that that, that tree can kill you. (laughs) Yeah, like, be be careful, just... (laughs) Yeah, but I want to return to this point you had about uh, Harry's privilege, that he, he, he doesn't get expelled even though he did something that was a very expellable offense. <laughs> I, I really I can't help but understand Snape and how Snape is giving Harry that piercing look <laughs> as someone coming from a broken home and with a keen eye for privilege, he probably knows and understands why Harry wasn't expelled and hates it. Yeah. Like, he knows any other student in Harry's stead would have been expelled and punished way more severely. And uh, he probably knows... uh, Actually, he definitely knows that Dumbledore is doing this just because he needs Harry there. For everybody's sake. I don't think he knows. Uh, I think he... he he No, he finds out... No, he finds out... Late, much later, that uh, we and we find out in book six, I think, or seven, that uh, he finds out much later. We see in his memories when uh, the the moment when Dumbledore actually tells him the plan. This is later on. He doesn't know. He Doesn't does he know the, the plan. Part of the plan. He knows some things. He knows Harry is essential but to the plan. But he doesn't know. Yes, that but he doesn't he know that the boy Harry. dies. The boy yeah, has he doesn't to know die. that yeah. Harry has to die, but he knows that Harry is essential to the plan, and he knows that Dumbledore is basically trying to like groom, groom Harry. <laughs> he doesn't know that Dumbledore is trying to groom Harry for death, but he's trying. He knows that Dumbledore is trying to at least turn Harry into some sort of weapon mm-hmm. for the good guys, and this really pisses him off and I understand. Yeah, I actually also empathize with him a little bit because it's not the f- the fact that they stole the car and they drove to Hogwarts and, and stuff like that, but they were seen by seven or something muggles. Yeah, seven and muggles. This, th- this means that the ministry has to intervene, yeah. that their memories have yeah. to... I mean, it's a whole thing. They and clearly have whole, to... Be it's, a, it's a whole system put in place only to not take away the privilege that somebody has. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and also to contain its aftermath. I mean, even yeah. if Harry were to be expelled, the, the the hassle of getting all the muggles to forget they ever saw it yeah. would still be, yeah. you know, it's not and, just for protecting his and, privilege. And uh, if we add to this the fact that, uh, as Snape says, 
um, his own father works for the ministry precisely. I don't know how the the department yeah. is called. It's exactly the this like enchanted of, uh, blah, the blah. things that were enchanted, yeah. muggle things that were enchanted basically. Yeah. Muggle so it's, yeah, it's exactly the yeah. department of misuse of muggle artifacts. <laughs> oh God. And I think Harry mentions, I mean, he, he thinks about this in, in, in this chapter, about the fact that Dumbledore probably knows or suspects that this is Arthur's car. Mm-hmm. And they just, I'm, and I'm certain that Dumbledore knows, and I'm certain that Dumbledore helped Arthur along the years with muggle oh, artifacts. But and I'm just ba- baffled that Snape, at least Snape, doesn't mention anything it. when 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 they make it seem as if they just found the car like which is why it's a flying car Mm. maybe maybe Snape is also being cautious at this point because he knows that uh, the Weasleys are all part of the order of the Phoenix yeah and also I think Snape can take liberties to be slightly abusive vengeful punishing whatever with students at his own discretion but not with adults not with other wizards without yeah. Mm. Yeah. the consent and approval of the other adults around him of like yeah. Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore it's not basically. within his power <laughs> I mean, yeah. Arthur is not a schoolboy in his power and also I have a feeling that Snape really dislikes uh, Lucius uh, oh yes I hope so because although they're yeah, both they're Slytherin po- yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff Lucius is stupid something Lucius Snape is does very not stupid like and yes. Snape does yeah. not appreciate stupidity no I mean we we let's going back to this Lucius constantly proves Brags and no, is arrogant and he, he constantly proves how stupid he is <laughs> like unfortunately think of gob uh, of Goblet of Fire book four at the beginning in the uh, World Cup, the, the Quidditch World <laughs> oh my Cup. God, yeah. Lucius basically just rounds up all the Death Eaters there and <laughs> starts marching around and torturing people. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, do you want it. to get caught? Because that is how you get caught, and that is how you leave a mother and a son alone. Yes, yeah. I'm sure he causes Snape nothing but one eye roll after another. Yeah. And I, I, he's worse than Crabbe and Doyle, who are like stupid. Goyle. <laughs> I mean, Doyle could work. <laughs> <laughs> who at least, like, never claim to be smart. Smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the problem that yeah. he keeps bragging that he's yeah. this <laughs> evil mastermind. Yeah, yeah. I only forgive Lucius because he's played by Jason Isaacs. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> and I also, so. what, what bothers me a lot is. His attitude towards uh, Draco and the fact that he does not give a shit about his son. Yeah. He like really white doesn't. Like supremacists. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. throughout the books, even in the final book, when final actually last two books, when we kind of see this development in Narcissa, yeah. and the fact that she only cares about her son. Like any true parent. Yeah. Should. And Lucius has just nothing. Yeah. He does not care one bit. <laughs> He's a clueless. Yeah. <laughs> Schmuck. Just, just yeah. Worst dad in the series? Mm. Mm. No. no. No, 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 he's Who's, not. Who other? The worst dad in the is series. Vernon? Oh my god, Vernon. Yeah, no, Vernon no, no. He also cares about his son in a very distorted and yeah. misplaced way. No, the worst dad in the series, hands down, not that this is an excuse for his son, Gold? would be Voldemort's father. 
Gaunt, isn't it? Isn't he called? No, yes. no, no. Voldemort's that's his, uh, dad. Grand, that's Vol- grand- Marvolo. Yeah. Marvolo. When Vo- Voldemort's dad was a. No, not a Voldemort. You're thinking of, of his. Oh uh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're thinking dad. of his grandfather. Yeah. His dad, who? No, his dad. His Muggle dad. His Muggle dad. Upon muggle waking dad. up from his enchantment and you know, his wife letting him know that, well, actually, I kind of aided you into this with potions. Oh, give the guy a break, though. Yeah, 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 okay, Rape fine, victim. fine, leave, leave her, of course, but, you know, you never gave a shit about your son. I... Who was your son? No, you I, abandoned I, I, him, no. and, like, you, you, mm, I would, you just I, watched him with contempt even when he came to visit, like, when did he... Yeah, that's true. Voldemort comes to visit his dad know. and grandparents, the, his muggle family, okay. and kills them at some point when he sees and that they do, we do not see give the a scene it. in which they talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's in book uh, six. I'm so confused. About yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. like he just abandons this and swipes it under the rug. Yeah, but I wouldn't yep. call him the worst father because uh, he was basically roofied roofied for years <laughs> this is ridiculous yeah, I mean, no, no. yeah but it's your offspring this, yeah but he's a big, you he's can a, at least send child support okay. you know? I'm, no, I would, this I is a discussion for a later <laughs> yeah. yeah actually we should do just a whole separate episode on and it's who's like, the worst yeah, <laughs> who's the worst dad it's like if you don't want to do anything with the woman who roofied you it's like you know, she died giving birth to your son. You can at least adopt the child. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you could, and I'm not saying that, or that his decision was the best support, decision, yeah. but I, I also don't think that this makes him the worst father in the world. No, it's still, okay, still okay. Lucious. Or maybe Marvolo, since we mentioned him. Yeah, Mar- Marvolo, he was abusive of his yeah, daughter. Yeah. And son, sort no, of he toxic was, masculinity. He was a, an inbred, abusive Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely worse than Lucius. Who, yeah, yeah. He's just up. But Lucius is like the a close second for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Should we on, end on this? Yeah, note? we're going. We're running a bit late here. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you all for tuning in, and see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Melting Potter Podcast is hosted by Andrea Voigu, Bogdan Minut, and Miriam Cihodariu. Our producer is Miriam Cihodariu. Music and sound editing by Bogdan Minut. And social media by Andrea Voigu. We're on Facebook at Melting Potter, on Instagram at Melting underscore Potter underscore Podcast, and you can email us at MeltingPotterPodcast at gmail.com. If you have thoughts, comments, feedback, or just want to say hi, you know where to find us. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hmm. Okay. You can... (laughs) I can what? The floor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Um...